Welcome back to the Pocha Playlist. Andy, I think we have to give Jenny a big round of applause. She is the first of us to do an official face reveal on our Instagram. Yeah. And a full video, too. Um, we had like a long weekend, and I was like, oh, what should I do? And decided to just make a little uh, video about K-dramas that we're going to pick up in 2024. Um, and I was like, oh, to make this more fun, maybe I'll just do a face reveal. So it was very casual, um, but appreciate all of our listeners being so nice about it. Everyone's like, so pretty. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is what it feels to be a celebrity. But um, <laughs> just You kidding. are a celebrity, a K-drama <laughs> podcast celebrity. There were so many so. nice comments. Um Jenny was very, very happy and felt very loved. But she randomly, we were just hanging out and she was like, oh my God, I realized that because I already plugged my cooking Instagram and my socials, everyone kind of already knows what I look like. So now there's really nothing stopping you from doing a face reveal. Exactly. She she just dropped it. (laughs) So Brandon's next, right? And then it's Andy. Uh, Andy Uh. Andy can go first. (laughs) My face is out there. You just got to find it. (laughs) Same, same. You guys All are right. so shy. Uh, we have a big episode today, so we're going to be doing My Demon. It's the second to last two episodes, and we're also going to be finishing and ranking Kyungsung Creature. Next week, guys, I'm very excited because we are going to be doing our last ranking, and then we're going to be doing our long long-awaited re-ranking i know we're all itching to move things up and down we're also going to be announcing the plocha's choice awards for um, all of the categories which will also release today so everyone can get a sneak peek and you guys can get ready to vote we're also going to be announcing the plocha's top five reveals so this was andy's idea to try and figure out what do our plochas think their you know their top five is? And I want to give a big thank you to all of the people that submitted their top fives. Jenny and I took like thirty minutes, like thirty minutes sitting there. Mm-hmm. She was reading me every single person's thing, and I was just on my laptop typing away. So that was a lot of fun. I'm very excited for this year's Plochas Choice Awards. We have how many this year, Jenny? Twenty two. Twenty. 22 categories this year and that's up from was it like 15 last year i think so so you know if you guys don't know the um every year we do this basically on our social media so we're gonna do it on instagram on twitter and as well as our discord but we're gonna put out a poll basically like every day starting from when this um this episode gets released and you guys can just vote on which one you think um deserves the award per category so we'll announce that should i just dive into it right now brandon or are you ready andy yeah, let's do it. Let's do All it. right, so we have a lot of fun categories. Some of these are repeats of last year. So our first one is most tear-jerking K-drama. And as contenders, we have Death's Game and Moving. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jenny definitely cried in both of those. Right? I Yes, both of those dramas took a lot of tears from me. Um, and then second category, we have hottest K-drama villain. Let Andy announce this one because oh, this yeah. was his baby. Ooh, Andy, this one go is for great. It. Like, Death's Game, Denver, man, he's good looking. And then Worst of Evil... He, he's not even a villain in our book. I mean, he is a villain in the, the story, but he's a he's a homie in our book. <laughs> By the way, so we're calling him Denver because he's Denver from Money Heist. Yes. He was the CEO of the TK group. Uh, yes. That's the hottest villain in Death's Game. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and the worst of evil is we had June's character, like the main gangster. And I agree with you, Andy. Not even a villain, but I mean, technically, he's the bad guy. So yeah. we're kind of throwing him in there. All right, number three, we have best second lead couple. Um, with have King the Land second lead and Love to Hate You second lead. Which Brandon, you had an interesting observation actually for both of these couples. It's the same female. Yeah. She is the best. <laughs> Second lead, I guess, of the year. Yeah. So she wins regardless. Yeah, for mm. sure. And then we have worst K drama parent. I feel like we had so many terrible ones, um, but we kind of boiled it down to the mom in the glory. This is the main character's mom in the glory. And then we have the dad of the a second lead guy in Chosun Attorney. He's kind of the main bad guy um so we're gonna have a face-off between those two next we have best k-jama parent slash parents um also a lot of options for this one but we boiled it down to crash course in romance mom versus moving um and i guess we'll just open it up to like all of the parents in moving because they were mm -hmm. all great um and then we have k-jama friendship this one we have our two bromances which is the bloodhounds bromance and then dp season two and then next one, we have K-Drama OST, a lot of good songs, but I think we looked at it as as an overall K-Drama, like which show had the best amount of good songs. Um, and so we have See You My 19th Life and My Demon. I think a strong contender for the K-Drama OST for me would have been Duna because mm. that one song by Big Naughty mm. is so, oh, good, so good, but that was that just one true. song True. versus there's a handful in See You in My 19th Life and My Demon. I would argue on that same vein, um, a time a time called you also had a lot of like really good single songs but yes but those are remakes of old oh, bangers you I know see, they're I not see. originals for the ost it. fair enough all right next one we have best kiss so obviously in k-drama land we always have a lot of great ones but i think the wildest you know best kisses that we saw was the king to land kiss in the kitchen where the sprinklers go on and then we have the my demon kiss in the greenhouse also with a set of sprinklers but both of those definitely hit i think the winner is just going to be the sprinkler system know, that's right? the key to making a best kiss scene <laughs> yeah everyone take notes all right next one we have villains we love to hate so this one we have a lot of great villains in mask girl and then we also have the cast of villains in the glory i think this one's a good showdown so i'm really curious to see how everyone votes on this one um k-drama action sequence and this is you know action sequence not just fighting but like general action um but with the two contenders are song of the bandits and moving i guess just to clarify like in moving there was it's not like hand-to-hand -hand combat i mm -hmm. mean there that entire shooting. like yeah shooting or superpowers yeah they use up the entire auditorium they're fighting in the entire school like, or like when monsters getting smushed by trucks and you know yeah like there's a stuff. variety and yeah. similar for like song of bandits i mean entire towns are fighting each other yeah, against like, like rebels shooting. army people so yeah. A good variety. For sure. All right. Next one, we have worst enemies to best lovers. And then we have love to hate you couple. And then we actually have crash course in romance couple as well. And this is the tutor and mom little love line. And we almost forgot that they were enemies for a hot sec. And then we were like, oh my gosh, yeah, they didn't like each other in the beginning because they 
were truly just such great lovers at the end. All right, and next we have best steamy scene. So this one, you know, I'll let your imagination run wild, but it's a little bit more than a kiss. Um, we have Duna and we have Worst of Evil. This is with um, Ji Chang-wook's character and Bibi's character. Dude, this is hard. This, this is a very hard one. <laughs> you said you have to use your imagination. You really don't. I, you could just go watch these scenes. It's great. True, true. Yeah. All right. Well, we won't keep talking about that. Um, next one, we have best fight choreography. This one is between Bloodhounds and Worst of Evil. This is truly just like the hand-to-hand combat type, right? That's the that's yeah. the idea. Fist fighting. Yeah. Best fist fighting scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bloodhounds is like more fist fighting, which is fun. And then Worst of Evil is also like a lot of stabbing. So it's like <laughs> and metal it's, pipes. It's hard. It's so hard to say for this one yeah. too. Yeah, but you have to definitely choreograph that. That's like it's yeah. almost a dance. <laughs> All right, next one we have um, ensemble cast. So this just means like a show with just the biggest stars. Um, and so for this year we have Moving versus Death Game. This one's tough. I don't know how people hard. are gonna vote on this one but sorry pledges <laughs> all right next one we have best cinematography and this is between revenant and daily dose of sunshine um both just very creative dramas with the way that they shot these um so definitely there was a lot more but i think we narrowed up to these two we had an honorable mention for best cinematography we really went back and forth between revenant daily dose and my demon yeah my demon has a mm-hmm. lot of great scenes. and young sun creature and too. young sun we creature. talked about that yeah. and moving because of and just moving. Yeah. but it's hard. It's we hard. can't spam moving more than we are. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one, we have best wardrobe. Um, this one, we have Chosun Attorney and Kyungsung Creature. Um, both kind of touching on the historical piece of things, but both well thought out. All right. Next is one of our favorite categories. This is Menace of the Year. I feel like we've been just teasing our listeners about this category <laughs> the entire year. But as you guys know, we have the cop from Worst of Evil. And then we have our favorite little student menace Sua from Crash Course in Romance by the way if you were a Plocha listener from the beginning of the year yeah. you should have already known which two dramas <laughs> we were going to yeah. put on here because we've said it so many that's times that's true but this one's going to be hard too because honestly both of them are pretty menace menacing menaceful I don't know alright best camaraderie we have duty after school and black knight just very teamwork focused category um, next we have scariest scene this one is we between Revenant and Kyungsung Creature, which are two horror um, K-dramas this year. Um, next one is a fun one. Fake K-drama concert you want to go to. This is between the Watermelon Sugar concert from Twinkling Watermelon and Duna performance from the show Duna. So curious to see what everyone will vote on for that. I know us as the members of Pocha Playlist, we don't really get to, to pick, but Andy, I want to ask you, you have a ticket to go see Twinkling Watermelon Group. What is it? Watermelon Sugar? Or you can go see Tuna Live. Who are you picking? I'm picking Twinkling Watermelon for sure. Oh, really? I want to see the rock band. Really? That sounds fun. I'm picking Duna, dude. <laughs> Next, we have Best Plot Twist. Um, so we won't spoil exactly what they are, but ex- the idea is a thing that happens in the storyline that we weren't expecting, but we think really, really helped the storyline and that we just kind of love that it happened that way. Um, and the two contenders are Mask Girl and Twinkling Watermelon. And if you guys watch the show, hopefully you kind of know what we're talking about. Um, next and last category, we have most educational K-dramas. So two shows where we feel like we really learned a lot from watching it. Um, and the two that we have here is Daily Dose of Sunshine and Chosun Attorney. Love it. 22 categories. It was yeah. a lot of fun. 
a lot of debating. We we sent Andy our proposal. He vetoed a lot of them, but I think <laughs> it was all for the better. Our list is phenomenal. I agree. And yeah. so we're going to release this kind of by chunks um, day to day until the next episode. So when this episode comes out, hopefully there'll be a story up um, on Instagram, a poll up on Twitter and Discord. So just make sure you guys keep an eye on it and just come back every day um, and just kind of vote on which ones you think. Love it. So I'm excited to announce the winners for next week. But without further ado, guys, we have to get into our reviews. Should we do My Demon first since we have to rank Kyungsung? Yeah, let's do it. Cheers! Alright, so My Demon, we are in the almost final episode. So we're doing episodes 13 and 14. Um, so we finally hit kind of hit a wall here with the relationship um i won't dive too deep into it but essentially a lot of these secrets that we've been kind of guessing on has been unveiled um we understand the connection between demon between princess and you know the grandma jew everybody so just to summarize real quick essentially demon and princess go to the church where um, grandma jew used to pray a lot and the priest is kind of the big tell-all here essentially it sounds like demon and um princess's dad had a contract exactly what it was we don't really know but the day of the accident essentially the dad and grandma Ju have an argument about the company the dad speeds off super super fast gets into a car accident kills his wife and then demon essentially kills the dad because it's his well he didn't kill his wife his wife died in the accident true it's a little bit different true. In, but like, indirectly yes, he, he indirectly <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and then demon basically collects the dad's soul and that's kind of where it is princess and demon kind of find out this realization separately and princess just really has a hard time kind of understanding it and essentially the show goes and shows demon in his demon form um, and just kind of reinforces the fact that he is still a demon and he is still out here collecting souls because that is what he's supposed to do um so you know it's kind of sad but towards the end of the show it's just at this point princess still cares a lot for demon but she's also it's very traumatized by this realization um so they're just having a tough time and we do end episode 14 with him saying you know what i realize this is tough for you i'm just going to be the one to break this off and he disappears so you know I feel like for these fantasy romance K-dramas, this is kind of typical, but just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this rift and what you guys thought of kind of this little like mini breakup that we're going through. Yeah, I think just these past two episodes are similar to the other past two episodes of like, I'm kind of just along for the train ride. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm kind of, it, it feels like this is a very like, it, it has to happen. Like they have to break up, they have to yearn for each other. And then like things are revealed and then they have to like separate ways before episodes 15 and 16. Yeah. So it feels kind of predictable and kind of like what other K-dramas have done before and nothing new and special. So I don't really feel like I'm super invested in the two characters at this moment. Mm. I just feels like, okay, uh, I'm just here for the ride now. Fair enough. Brandon, do you have any other thoughts? Um, no, I, I did like seeing those scenes just because I know early on you, you and Andy had so many predictions around all of that. I, I'm not going to say we nailed it exactly, but I feel like you guys came pretty close. I, with my brain, I mean, we've been doing this for so long. My number one issue was like, did he really not know that that was Tohi's mm. parents? And, yeah. you know, he literally meets the grandma 
and then he like has this big aha moment like oh my god i i did know her i did meet her that one time huh mm-hmm. and i was like really you're really like this this really powerful demon and you like overlook those similar like those small things mm-hmm. especially if it's as important as the person that you love you you kind of made a contract with her her dad i mean yeah. that's like a big deal you know i feel like those things were kind of weird for me mm-hmm. i also just really wish that instead of like a really rushed flashback for the parents death scene we kind of got to understand the dad a little bit more i'm talking about mm-hmm. tohi's dad mm-hmm. you know truly why was the contract the only way out why like seconds leading up to you your contract being up did you have to go confront madam drew take your wife with you start speeding off you know i mean jenny kind of said like indirectly responsible for the wife's death like his contract was up but he also unfortunately kind of took the mom with him you know what i mean yeah like why choose that moment to Mm -hmm. do something so dramatic when you knew time was up yeah um, so all of that, I feel like they didn't just completely brush over it right before going into the finale. Cause I think we've been waiting for those answers the entire season. Yeah. And then lastly, this isn't a, like a negative. I actually kind of like this angle last week. I think one of the things that I said was now that demon has his powers again, I kind of want to see if he's going to still say the lovey dovey character. And I actually liked that they showed his more demon side (laughs) yeah really like they really liked that they showcase that and we said it on this podcast maybe in the first or second episode you know demon technically is responsible for people's deaths i mean Mm -hmm. literally was responsible for the father's death the fact that princess understands that you know her her love is responsible for people's death and she acknowledges that i I kind of like that acknowledgement you know it's not like oh my god i can't believe i'm dating a murderer like she kind of owns it by the end and she is cognizant of it which i kind of liked for the show i agree i i actually appreciated the fact that they did have a bit of a breakup i just i think the issue with some of these romance k-dramas is like when we get the couple together you know we can live with the really cute sweet scenes for a couple episodes but if you just do that all the way to the end like you'd lose a little bit of the tension and i actually think this whole like we have to break up because of for your own good type like trope i actually appreciate it because i feel like it's a little uptick and like just interest um as we like finish up the k-drama um so i did appreciate that and then going back to brandon's point about showing demon kind of in an evil way i also like that i think one of the things i was always a little bit like shocked about was just how easily princess was just like brushed past the idea that he is kind of a demon um so it was nice to see that and have her just kind of realize it again and be like no he is a killer like his job is literally to make contracts and at the end of the contracts he has to take this person's life you know so i i actually did like that they brought that back and i think it'll be interesting to see how they tie it up because i originally thought that they were going to try to spin demon into like a good guardian angel type but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore um so that kind of leads to another question that i had for you guys is do you guys think that there's a chance that princess and demon don't end up together by the end of this because we only have two episodes left so curious what you guys think well since you just said guardian angel i think that's still in the picture because in episode 13 the beginning of it when she's having a really bad dream he, he had that little guardian angel moment where he goes into the dream and like makes everything 
go away. Mm-hmm. And, like he basically uses powers for good. So for me, I think that's still on the option where he could still be a guardian angel because that's what I saw out of it. Mm, I see. I see. Brandon, what do you think? There's no doubt in my head that they're ending up together. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't do the the dramatic breakup scene literally the few seconds going into the final two episodes for them to stay you know separated separated. yeah and they're they're literally fated to be each other like they reincarnated (laughs) to be with each other so i mean you 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 can't just not you know (laughs) what do you guys think is demon's end game then because you know he realizes that him being a demon hurts the woman that he loves but we also know that he enjoys being a demon like when he got his powers back he was like psyched so what do you guys think is gonna happen to him I, okay i don't know like how i can answer like what's gonna happen with his magical powers or whether he's gonna stay a demon or not but what i imagine the final two episodes are gonna be we saw from the trailer that someone or something starts attacking princess again whether that's the oldest son or someone else you know tbd but she's going to need someone to <laughs> finally it's the it's the cousin no but obviously she's going to need some saving and obviously that's going to be demon and then the whole message is going to be like you know you're not my hell you're my savior you always are saving me from when i fell off the roof and mm-hmm. even now you're my savior not my not my hell and then boom it's like oh you're my that's how she becomes the that's how he becomes the guardian right mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, Andy, do you have any thoughts on how they're going to kind of address that piece of yeah, things? Yeah, I mean, I think he's either going to lose his power and become human. and th- So the angle is they're go- definitely going to be together. Mm. It's just how is he going to be, like, there's no way she's going to become a demon or send. Uh, so he either has to go back down or maybe become a guardian angel. And then, like, the- this god character is probably going to show up and see, like, you know, opposites. Like, she's going to say something, like, weird about, like, um, the demon and angels are like actually one one and the same kind of a thing. It's just like they lost their path or so, something like that. Mm. And so I think he's either gonna like lose his power to become human, or he'll become some type of like guardian angel, and they'll just be it'll, it'll be a happy ending. Mm, okay, okay. I will say that one thing you've kind of brought up a couple times, Andy, is the fact that there's a demon book, and they did bring it up again recently in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. So maybe. If whoever evil character is kind of back, which we I, I think we all assume is just the the oldest son the or or the cousin, but somehow <laughs> I do see it being that they like take him out or something with the demon book, and then he has to become more human because I think the concept of her just yeah. like being with a demon who is literally immortal is like just not very probable. Like he has to reduce from that level of like you know power. Uh, speaking of the demon book too so there's two instances in this past episode where they talked about it was also the the main the older brother he did die a little bit too quickly and he did say right before he dies oh if you kill me you're gonna lose your powers kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and like because he read through the book and for him to die so quickly means he he has a gotcha moment kind of a thing Mm. Uh, there's also another moment where the mom uh the mom of the dead son yeah um read the book and saw that like oh if the demon loses his mark he will lose his powers too so that was also another note. And so like couple everything together. That's also could be a foreshadowed moment where any or all of the above will happen. Yeah, I see that. All right. Well, since we've been talking about the family, I think maybe we'll just touch on that real quick. So, you know, we finally get the scene where Demon is holding the eldest son basically off a building, but he doesn't technically kill the eldest son, but the eldest son 
kind of jumps on his own accord, but he does say, you know, this is his way to escape and, you know, he's going to go to hell or something like that. But it seems like there is another villain. Andy, are, so you're formally on the boat that that's going to be cousin or are you just saying that because you're, you're wishful thinking right now? Well, it's. I think it's partially true. I think it's. Well, so the son is definitely not dead. The oldest son is definitely not dead, mm-hmm. and he's gonna come back somehow because he just went out of the picture way too quickly. Um, but I am still on the boat. That cousin is still there because he's like every scene, something ha- important happens or something happens. He's just somehow there in the background. You really think, thing. Andy, that yeah. the final two episode big reveal is gonna be the cousin being bad? Yeah, that I would think. be wild. Dude, he runs in the boardroom and like he's like, you can't be doing this. Also, I hated that scene. Like the son, all the son just does whatever he wants. So. If if the cousin, if Yishangi's character truly ends up being the villain, then we need to we need to change our biggest plot twist contender for my team. No. <laughs> he, dude, he kind of like it's kind of weird that he's the one that also knows that he, the demon situation is going around too, and then he's just honestly, who doesn't know that? he's a yeah, demon i know right like, like, everyone yeah, knows that he's a demon <laughs> even the gangster guys now know yeah, that he's a demon <laughs> so i think andy has kind of mentioned one of his big gripes about the show about how they really don't do a good job world building on like the other demons and other mystical you know aspects of this world and the lore and one thing that i really thought was interesting the scene where the oldest son was hanging off the building he asks demon hey i'll make a i'll make a deal with you or i'll make a contract with you like i'll do whatever i need to Mm -hmm. and then he eventually falls off the building but it doesn't it's clear that it's not demon that saves him or makes the contract i thought it would be really cool if you know there was another demon that says hey i heard that you are ready to make a contract i'll save you and if they introduced like another demon character, that would have been an interesting angle for me. The cousin. Oh, the cousin's a demon. <laughs> the answer is always the cousin. <laughs> Dude, Andy, if your prediction comes true, I'm gonna be so impressed. Like if the cousin actually at the end turns, because I'm like Isangi is such a good actor that like they yeah. use him for such a random move role. It that actually I'm, like, makes me upset every time he comes onto the screen. Yeah, right. And like he is capable of such good acting, and he's like in a role so that loose. is so like yeah. irrelevant it just is wild it's not the irrelevant role for me it's just why is he always showing up in the randomest yeah. he's just always he there doesn't contribute anything yeah. yeah it's just any scene where you have the two main leads and one of them goes away boom he's on his character is either with the girl or he's with the guy always yeah, like he has true. a tracker on them or something i think we're just wishful thinking <laughs> you know I'm, I'm like half joking but also half serious with his character too because then if he's not the main, uh, main villain then I'm just gonna be so disappointed because he is so moo and so useless like is he there to just be like a love triangle addition but like that it's not he's not even doing a good job at that yeah like there's no love triangle in this show like the second no. leads like Jin Star is going to America like she's just not like, even irrelevant they also tried to introduce a love uh, like a second lead too because you know they got lunch together yeah and that was also kind of mood no too, chemistry so. no chemistry no chemistry yeah. but I did say if if they were gonna be a second lead it was gonna be them and at least they had that little lunch moment 
right. Well, I I agree. I think we'll just see how that goes. Um, but one thing before we kind of t- stop talking about my demon, I did want to discuss the second lead couple that actually did happen. The secretary couple. I wanted to get your guys' take because I feel like we never really talked about the fact that they're together. Do you guys like them or is it like too cringe for you? Andy, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I think I talked to you guys about it a little bit, but I think it's a little bit cringy. I think every time I see them on screen, I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I get, the, like, the cuteness of it and everything, but, like, I don't really care um, too much. I think they're a little bit too goofy. Like, they're supposed to be comedic characters, and they put two comedic characters to get to get along together, mm-hmm. which is fine. But, like, for me, I just don't care at all. Like, do you have to force it upon that you need to have two comedic characters to come together? To make a show great. Uh, so for me, um, I'm okay about it. Fair enough. Brandon, do you like them? I never thought that I would even need to think about them, like whether I like them or not. Uh-huh. I mean, I like that they have chemistry on screen and it makes for some comedic moments. I don't really have a big opinion on them. Like, they're, they're great. <laughs> makes for great scenes i guess fair enough okay well it sounds like we don't have any strong feelings so we don't need to talk about them too much but all right we're about to get into the finale i guess any final predictions do we think there's going to be any deaths in this k-drama like anything we want to put in right before the end um well i mean if the oldest son is still alive well he's gonna like die again if if cousin (laughs) is bad is cousin gonna die or is he going to jail i don't know i think the biggest question mark for us all of it all of us is is the cousin bad or not and andy is so adamant that he is and i want him to be right me too i think as opposed to playlist we just want the cousin to be evil and we're going to hopefully speak this into existence for episodes 15 and 16 i hope that the next podcast episode we release on my demon (laughs) is literally us being like we were freaking right he was evil Else, I'll be so mad. Why would they do that in episode one? Why would they show like him a sinister look? Ugh. I know. We read too into it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up my demon. So we'll be talking about the finale next week. I'm very interested to see how we rank this one as well. So we will do all that next week. All right. That was a great review of my demon. Andy, let's wrap up Kyung Sung Creature and finally rank this bad boy. Cheers! Yep, so now we are approaching the finale of Grion Song Creature, the last three episodes, episodes 8 to 10. Uh, this is after the, the middle sequence where everything uh, happens in the hospital. Now almost every single party is outside of the hospital and we're dealing with, the, I guess, the turmoil that happened within the hospital. First thing I do want to say first, because we love talking about the kiss scenes and whatnot, but I want to talk about that kiss scene because, man, <laughs> Park Jun. He, he was going at it. Like, there's that sequence where she was on top of the rooftop. She turned back, and he comes up and kisses her. I was like, man, he uh, he's a little dog in that one, you know? <laughs> so I feel like maybe I need to retract all of my statements on the prior episodes about, like, oh, they don't have chemistry or, like, the scenes are weird or whatever. But, man, that kiss scene was great. You got to give it up to them for that. Yeah, two very yeah. beautiful people. Actually, maybe they should have had the best kiss scene <laughs> for the category award. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, kiss scenes, it's always about the leading up to it, right? Like, it's not just about the the prettiness of the kiss scenes. The past, like, six, seven episodes, we were all talking about, like, the love line. We don't care about the love line. And what makes the love line so great now? So, like, so, Brandon, for you, I guess, is the love line better than it was before? Better than it was before, for sure. 
I don't know what it was, but it kind of went from like zero to a hundred. And you know, maybe if a show is able to pull that off, maybe it wasn't even that bad to begin with. Maybe we were just mm-hmm. tripping. But I'm okay with them by the end. Um, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I thought it was a big shocker that she kind of sort of died. Nice. I was like, wait, yeah, yeah. you built this great relationship. I'm finally on board. And then she gets stabbed. I was like, what is going on right now? You know, I actually, when I saw that moment too, I was, I was in the same uh, situation as you. It's like, I was starting to get happy with her situation. Like I'm getting on board with this romance. And when she died, I was like, Oh, I'm getting on board with this romance even more because I was not expecting that death. Uh, I was like, I actually kind of liked that she died. What about you, Jenny? Um, I feel like their romance for me, like I, I was assuming it was going to last longer than it did in a way. You know, like I just thought that there was going to be a little bit more build up, a little bit more like happiness. But I think what was just always in the back of my head was just like their love is not the priority of this show and so you know i kind of knew in the back of my head this is just a pretty moment but i knew it was gonna pass because i realized that the more i watched this drama as like a romance drama the more disappointed i started becoming so i was just like i can't even think about it that way like they are just two people who are attracted but the bigger problem is you know the oppression the monster the uh, you know the human experimentation like that is the focus and the romance is really just in the backseat to showcase like the beautiful moments that people can have in like you know in opposition to the bad stuff kind of so let's go into the full i guess meat of the show the rest of the show um i guess i'm going to go along with this theme of like the quest and goal that's happening right now uh it goes up to shifted a little bit to three things from previously at the end of episode seven which was who drank from the cup which basically turned into another beast who's lady maid what is she doing in the picture and what happens to the mom or slash monster in this whole thing uh, we can talk about the cup first which was um, we do find out that the pregnant lady was the one that actually drank it. And right away in episode 8, she did go a little bit berserk. And she did actually start killing everyone. But when she was threatened, she kind of gained her sanity again. Um, what do you guys think about that whole situation of her character uh, transforming and everything? Dude, I knew it was going to be her because I was like, oh, she's carrying the baby. This is one of those horror shows with sci-fi. I was like, they're going to make a crazy you know monster baby at some point so i wasn't i wasn't shocked that it was her um i did think it was crazy that they added that whole tidbit about how you know the monster was created because she had that first like like microscopic creature but that they also gave her like anthrax or something so i was like whoa like i didn't even realize that like there's like multiple stages of this um but you know it's just really sad once again because i think the point was that you know they made her like this but then any news article and any kind of public publicity is just oh this chosen born person is attacking japanese officers and it's literally like no, like she wouldn't have been like this if there wasn't all this experimentation going on. So it's just like kind of sad again to know that that's like, you know, what was kind of happening during that time. Yeah, I guess maybe we should have started with this, but I really enjoyed these final three episodes. I thought the ending was a pretty good wrap up to a season that had some up and downs for me. Um, when we're talking about, uh, I don't know her name, but, you know, she she. Akiko? Akiko, yeah. yeah. When when we're talking about when she becomes the demon, I was like questioning what angle they were really going to go with this. 
just because she doesn't become like the physical specimen that's like you know the mom Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. she's still in the human form so i was like why are they trying to go with this angle but then right at the end where we see kato i think that's his name colonel kato he's such a bastard he rips the baby out of her and he's like at the end he has this like hybrid you know born demon monster baby and it's like oh that's an interesting angle that they could explore for what seems like it's confirmed that there's going to be a second season Mm -hmm. so i'm actually very excited to see what they can do with that child baby yeah especially because this entire season in the middle section is they trying to like tame the monster and how they're going to tame the monster with different people three different people trying to tame the monster it was lieutenant colonel the doctor and then lady maid also wanted to control uh, the monster as well they couldn't and so it kind of makes sense that you know if you can't tame the monster why don't you just raise the monster from birth that's a great point and i i kind of agree with brandon too i think these three past three episodes so many things started happening that like I started getting a little bit more hooked or intrigued uh, of what is about what, like basically what was happening. Yeah, if I could just throw in my biggest gripe though, um, Hanzo Hanzoi's father really died for no reason. Oh my god! Yeah, the monster was chilling. <laughs> That's such an he, epic like Paxojun like give me the dynamite, I'm gonna save us. Yeah. like it has to be me. And he's like, let's go home to see our daughter. Boom. And like the monster's still alive. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. If you look at his character arc or like what he did, he had such a good start because he just like was such a badass character. And then once he left the hospital, nothing really happened. And he just decides to go back and essentially just die. Um, So Well, okay. If we're going to talk about gripes, I just think that like the first plan to get into the hospital was like so well thought out, right? Like we Mm. were like, you know, we had people on the inside, we had people on the outside, like we had this happening, that happening, and even the escape plan, it was like, wow, like he called this person and made this happen. And it was like all like, it was like a heist. And I was like, oh wow, this is all planned out. But then like at the very last couple episodes, like Hanzo, he's character literally just went into someone's carriage, shot the man, and then t- got like taken <laughs> out. And That's then, a suicide mission. Yeah, basically. and then yeah, the that'd... dad literally just went into the hospital and blew himself up. And I was like, where is the planning? You know, like if you're going to kill these people, like maybe go about it in a more like, you know, concise, like planned out way, not just go in and shoot them and then get taken out immediately. It just seemed very like rushed. And I was like, come on, like I know you guys are capable of more than that. So it was just a little bit disappointing when we had just such good, you know, thought out plan in the beginning of the show. I can almost forgive Hans Hoi, you know, you just hate this person for experimenting on your mom so much. It's like, I'm gonna kill you and I don't care what happens to me. Like, I can kind of get behind that. I really don't know what the dad was trying to do by just walking up to those gates and be like, let me go see the colonel. Yeah. I was like, no. wait, what? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, he, I'm surprised that they didn't just feed her, feed him right away to the, to the monster. Just like, oh, well, let's write, take some notes. What would happen? You give the husband to the wife who turned into the monster. <laughs> Will she still eat the husband? I'm surprised they didn't do that. Well, <laughs> maybe we're putting in our gripes too early because maybe the dad's not dead. If the monster survived it, maybe he did too. I- <laughs> li- well, okay, Lady Maid survived the explosion that we see at the oh, very yeah. end. She's got a scar face, so maybe he did survive. Maybe yeah, that dynamite's not that strong, guys, you know? You it was know, in the olden days. Every so. single time where I'm, like, so certain that you have to be so dead, but even, like, my demon, like, driving the car into the damn convenience store and it blowing up, and the, the, the guy was still alive, and, yeah. like, Lady Maid blowing up in that funeral place and still being alive 
K-dramas really stretch the concept of like what it takes to die. Yeah. I remember one of the first shows we reviewed. I'm not going to say the name because it is a spoiler. But like there was like an end scene where someone gets a headshot. And we we're all so convinced that that person was dead. <laughs> and Andy was like, guys, if you don't see the body, the person is not dead. And we're like, Andy, that's BS. He is dead. And then like the last episode, he comes back to life. We're like, God damn it. <laughs> so that is just a K-drama learning lesson for all of us. Very true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about mostly everything. I mean, the mom is at the very end of the scene. We do see the mom with her busted like arm. Uh, she makes it out. I guess she was on like a journey. I don't know what her like whole journey was. Like she ran throughout town just to go get to the daughter and Park So Joon, and she kind of just kills the daughter. Like I didn't understand what the monster was trying to do. I thought the monster would be let out and maybe cause havoc around the town, maybe kill more people, but it kind of like she's like she's beeline to the daughter i think she was just trying to protect the daughter and i can understand if the monster truly doesn't understand that pak sujun is a, ma- a a male that's not trying to hurt her daughter versus mm-hmm. all the other guys in a dark you know nighttime setting maybe the monster just doesn't differentiate that that's her man yeah you know so i can understand that okay yeah, that's probably it. You're probably right. <laughs> what I don't understand, though, is that final scene where it seems like Han Sui, like the little worm virus thing, yeah. leaves the mom but then goes into Han Sui. Like, what was happening there? Well, based on what you said, too, I think, yeah, I think the monster is trying to protect her daughter the, the entire time. Uh, and I think the mom was all like, okay, this monster, this worm inside of me is giving me regenerative powers. I killed my daughter, so I'm going to sacrifice myself to save my daughter Mm. potentially that could be cool but the problem would be like akiko was a monster but still retained her human form but then this mom does is obviously in a very difficult physical form is hanzui in next season gonna also become like a big monster like that no because i think they that's where the anthrax thing came in because they were like the first step is this little like microscopic thing and then when they're in like a certain stage you give them this anthrax thing which is what turns them into the big monster so i assume that she didn't give his her daughter the anthrax thing but just the microscopic oh i see Mm -hmm. i see okay i don't know I, i just i was like thinking about that scene and i'm getting very like attack on titans vibes did you guys watch that show you know like you know how like the 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 founder gets like that little bug and i was like ooh, maybe that's like symbolism i don't know never mind yeah Yeah, there's a lot yeah no i i I can see that yeah i think they all have like essentially superpowers yeah the parasite exactly exactly and now it's like passing on to the next generation like i wonder if it's gonna be like a big monster fight in season two gosh i don't know that could be epic you know if you want to one-up it i heard that the production value for the show was insane really Mm. yeah actually it was very expensive i heard to make it was like some like million or something it was very very high yeah Mm -hmm. anyhow yeah, uh, I guess that wraps up mostly uh, this season. I mean, we can say maybe Lady May, she, get, she gets handed a cup uh, from Lieutenant Kato. Maybe she also drank from the cup as well because it's implying that there's a worm in that cup too. I am curious, like, what what's going to come of that though, you know? Like, what unfinished business... I guess it's just going to be a revenge against Pak Sejun's character, maybe? Yeah, I think she just... She was in love with Park Seo Jun, it sounds like, in the beginning. Yeah. But also, she had gripes with the monster mom. 
um, as well. Yeah. So she hated that entire family too. You also see that the monster also hated Lady May because the monster was going crazy the right when she saw Lady right. May too. Wait, they, they did, know each other. Did we ever clarify the beef that they had? Like, why did they hate each other so much? I think they were somehow either best friends. I, I couldn't tell if they were best friends or if they were raised in the same household and the mom monster was actually like the teacher, wealthier. right? I, like a teacher or something yeah. or like a higher status than her and mm. she hated that she had a higher status oh, but no I don't think they really explain it okay okay yeah, I don't think so either. fair enough yeah because they had a photo they showed the photo right. of the album yeah got you got you one question I wanted to ask you guys um, when Park Seo Joon and Lady Maeda I think her name is not the final confrontation that they have but the big falling out that they have and Lady Maeda is like that little boy in the house of golden whatever he sold you out this whole time we Jun's character wrote your name you know on the list you know the Dude, grandma she's right about we Jun though no excuse <laughs> he really did <laughs> you know the grandma is the one that sold your mom out you know even the guy that was getting tortured sold you out did you guys like that whole situation and what Pak Jun's whole rebuttal was like i thought that was a very emotional scene for korea no. versus japan yeah, I I agree with you too. I think that was a really cool moment of like all of his friends or like people that he trusts was actually the people that betrayed him. And I think it was like a symbolic moment of like that's what happened during the times because a lot of the Koreans um, during that time kind of went to the Japanese side. And I, I think there's a term for it that I think Brandon, you know, uh, I feel like it kind of symbolizes something uh, like that. And I thought that was a really cool moment. But then I was like, oh man, poor Park So Jun. Like, did they really have to like do this emotional like i want to say patriotic moment but it was I thought, I thought that was a cool tidbit though i i think it was it helped drive the point further for me i think for why you know like what they were trying to prove with this show is one of those things where like if you put people in a position where they have to you know sell each other out in order to survive you can't then blame those people for doing it you have to blame yeah. the situation they're in so i think that was like a really important point that i feel like the show was trying to portray this whole time it's like even with the monster and uh, you know a kiko situation where it's like it's truly just all this propaganda and just people saying these people are bad and look at what they're doing but like it's because of the situation they're in so i think it was really good that they included it i feel like it's always nice when shows try to very like just like spell out the point that they're trying to make and i thought that was like a good moment to do that uh, i guess before we get into ranking so since it's confirmed that there's going to be a season two um first question did any of you guys catch Park Seo Joon's setting it looked like he was a little bit um a little bit of a time jump but yeah. i don't know why jenny yeah. and i thought that he was in san francisco it was like a city uh, i think you and i yeah. saw a tower and i think we were like is that sucho tower in san francisco but i think that's just namsan tower okay i think it's just namsan yeah. tower okay yeah. okay we're not tripping <laughs> and it's set like 50 55 years in the future in like the 90s early 2000s it looks like but yeah, how is he, he like the same TV. age then or how does he look so young i think maybe does he have a worm in him or does he uh have a, is it, or that's the kid that's the one said oh that's Park Seo Joon's son maybe who knows oh, oh that could be cool reincarnation yeah. well I guess this leads to my second question for you guys is what do you guys want to see in the second season because I mean I'm sure we're, we'll probably watch it right 
see well that's the problem was so, so the problem was i don't think they explained too much in season one for us to like fully understand so i'm, I'm thinking about like sweet home season one versus you know this one in season one sweet home they kind of like wrap things up quite like they explain things pretty well in this one there's so much more questions that we get about just the monsters what's going on in general that it feels as more clueless going into season two I think the first season of this show made a lot of sense because of the setting. I actually am very interested to see what season two will be because unless they're going to portray another type of like, you know, Japanese invasion situation, I don't really know what their point is going to be because like all of the previous beef that was like, you know, they were kind of going about, like, is that going to come back? Like, mm. I don't want to see Lady Maida fighting against Hansohi's character again in, like, the 2000s. Like, I feel like that's just going to be very, like, out of place. Like, I don't know. So, like, I actually have no expectation, and I don't really know what to expect for the second season because unless we're just going to talk about the characters now in the modern world, maybe reconnecting, and maybe there's a love line, but, like, I, I don't know what the the original point would look like in the different timing very well said i agree mm-hmm. yeah. i agree too <laughs> all right let's go into the ranking then so we have wow we have 24 titles guys on our list so we have moving dp season two death's game the glory twinkling watermelon duna a time called you mass girl daily dose of sunshine revenant worst of evil love to hate you queen maker bloodhounds see you in my 19th life chosen attorney king the land crash course in romance sweet home season two strong girl namsoon black knight duty after school song of the bandits my lovely liar andy do you want to go first yeah um at the end of the day, I think this was a pretty decent show. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I wouldn't say it's the worst show ever. I think they did have a lot of interesting themes. I definitely had a lot of gripes of, like, plot holes, a lot of plot armor. There wasn't really threat in the action sequences that I'm like, okay, seriously, we're going to do that now. Um, the romance felt a little bit too, like, forced. Um, I would say the past three episodes really hooked me a little bit more than the first seven which is very rare i usually by the by episode three i'm like i hate the show already i don't want i don't watch it anymore <laughs> but the last three they somehow was able to pick it up a little bit which surprised me but at the end of the day i think i would just put it almost down the middle uh, of this list it's a very average show um i definitely had gripes but it picked it up at the very end so i would say um looking at our list i would probably put it like around 12 to 15 so that would be around love to hate you queen maker bloodhounds and definitely above see you my 19 life i would i'm just gonna piggyback right off that a hundred percent disagree i would rather watch love to hate you queen maker bloodhounds see you my 19th life chosen king the land <laughs> crash course sweet home season <laughs> two before kyung sung creature and that's just being compared on a really really stacked list a, a title that immediately draws my eyes is Sweet Home Season 2. I just feel like the taking the Korea versus Japan stuff out of it, just monsters and experimentation and like that kind of stuff, I feel like that's pretty similar. So I would either put it below or below Sweet Home Season 2 for me. So a little bit lower, maybe like 19 or 20. Mm. Well, you rather watch Autobots than... Uh... <laughs> I'll put it above Sweet Home then. Above Sweet Home. Okay, well... 
I personally, ugh, this sounds really mean to say, but like I personally didn't really enjoy this K drama, and I, I don't. It's really sad for me because I love all of the actors in this show, and I was excited because you know Park Seo Joon, Han So Hee is such like a great little combination, and both of them did well. I think everyone did well in the show, but like I personally just am not a huge fan of like. The experimenting during wartime theme, and I just like mm. I tried to get into it, and then I would just be like, "Oh, I, like I don't want to see this," and it was just like really gory for me, and I didn't really want to watch a lot of it. Um, and then you know, for a moment, it was just like the love line wasn't really hitting in the beginning, so I just like couldn't really get into it that much. Um, so I say, you know, I gave it a chance, but I really didn't enjoy it. I think if this was on my own list, it would probably be last on my list. Um, so probably to be fair, it would probably be close to where Brandon put it. Um, but if I could have my own list, I think this would probably be bottom <laughs> of my list for 2023. Which you know, given that there's a lot of K dramas that we don't even pick up or we don't even finish, and so we did finish this one, so even. Bottom of our list is still probably better than most of the K dramas that came out. Um, but yeah, I would probably put it at like number twenty five under My Lovely Liar. Wow. But below My <laughs> Lovely Liar, Jenny? yeah, I actually think oh. I would watch the my Song of Bandits. Yeah, too. I know below both of those, below Duty After School, below Black Knight, below wow. Strong Nam Soon, below Sweet Home Season Two. Well, but that's just me. <laughs> see, yeah, I think I think the show in general. For me personally, I don't think it's as great of a show. The only reason why I'm giving it a lot more bumps is because I think I do have gripes of the theme of the show, but that is just the theme. Like taking out all the themes, like for example, the the plot of like Korea versus J- uh, Japan, mm-hmm. uh, like you know all this experimentation and whatnot. Um, if you take all those out, this show is actually pretty decent in terms of like. Um, they explain things relatively well. The production value is really, really high. Um, they have a pretty stacked cast. Uh, so given that, I bumped it up a little bit more just because of that. But because we do have gripes with the theme, um, I would put it lower too. So like, if you're talking about Brandon's area, I would be fine putting it a little bit lower uh, to appease the audience. Yeah. No, I I get what you're saying, Andy. But the problem is like that issue, the Korea versus Japan stuff you just mentioned. That like was that's the, the point basis of the show. Of the show. <laughs> yeah, so you can't take yeah. something that's just so fundamental to the show out to then you can make that argument about any drama on here. Like you could just yeah. take out the biggest issue and then rank it differently, you know? Yeah. I well I, I do think Andy brings up a good point that I do think the writing in terms of like explanation is well done. Like I don't have well Okay, given the fact that I know there's a season two, it's better. But I was going to say, like, at the end of it, there was, like, some things I didn't know. But it could easily be explained away as, like, there's going to be a season two. However, now knowing that season two is going to be in a different time era, I once again have more questions. But, like, while I was watching it, I was kind of, like, okay with how they explained most of the things that were happening. There wasn't, like really huge issues where I was like wait are we just gonna overlook this so I guess if you were to use that as a positive um I guess that could be one but still at the end of the day I just I just didn't really need to watch this show if I if I were to yeah I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah well also comparing to Sweet Home Season 2 
Black Knight and uh, and Duty After School where have this like world building thing situation. This one felt pretty like oh, we are set in World War Two and we were set with this monster that like this this hospital sequences were great. Like you know the monster tearing through running down the halls and everything that felt all great and felt I think compared to everything else was a lot sh shot a lot better compared to those right. Uh, so that's why I'm giving it a little bit heads up as as well. Yeah. So I think we should look. Um, between 15 to 20 and Andy why don't you choose around 15 to 20 where you think it should go no I think I think you had a pretty good reasoning too Brandon of where you would put it as well um Above yeah I think you're right I would I just saw like see my 19th life and immediately I was, I'm like I want to put it above that <laughs> so I think that's what my barrier was uh, while looking at it wow. uh, and I mean okay I'm talking about looking at Kingdom Land too we did have a lot of gripes with the show as well uh so that's why like Crash Course I, was really good, just to the ending. Just to the ending, yeah. yeah. Chosun so, was decent. Okay, can we talk about, like, duty after school? I would say, if anything, cho this show is similar to, to duty after no, school. No. Because, like, no. good action, you know? Like, no. no? Duty after school didn't have any act. Like, it's just shooting guns into the sky with CGI, like, popping everywhere. <laughs> so it wasn't, like, that much but action. But the alien scenes, I feel like that's also... If you're going to say the aliens are CGI, then the monster was also CGI, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, CGI. But the the alien was, like, poorly CGI'd. And it was just, like, flopping around and, like, not really <laughs> doing much. It just, like... And it was more... Duty after school was more about the kids and just, like, how they survive in the alien world. That's like true. I didn't see any aliens at all in, the, in duty after school. And, uh... And we hated the characters in Duty After School. And this one, we didn't really hate that many characters. Like, okay, talking about the characters themselves in the show, we didn't, like, hate any characters, right? Except like, for the, the Except for Weijun. That's the only one. But, like, <laughs> I think we're just laughing at him because he's a stupid he, We don't even hate him. He was just yeah. silly. He was a silly man. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, look at the characters themselves. I don't hate any characters. King the Land, we did hate the characters. Mm. Crash Course, we hated some characters. Um, this one, I wouldn't say we didn't really hate that many. It was more about the gripes on the theme itself. All right, then do you want to... What about Chosen Attorney? Do you want to put it below Chosen then? I'm fine putting it below Chosen just to bring this one a little bit lower. Wow. <laughs> but, but above Crash Course and Romance, I would say for me it's... I mean, for me it would be bottom, but I think at least Crash Course and Romance... You're right. I, I you think... Know, well, I, I, well, I'm assuming Crash Course is going to go up in our re-ranking slightly. Uh, that's why. Mm. Uh, and I'm assuming... Well, and I'm looking at this one versus King the Land. Uh, looking to when we were talking about King the Land, I know you guys really did not like King the Land too. <laughs> I mean, it was a good, like, just sitting down watch, but I feel like we did have gripes for the show. Yeah. Right. That's true. But, yeah, I think we can put it at number 19 right above Sweet Home because I do think Sweet Home... I think this one is a little bit better than Sweet Home. Uh, Sweet Home, I think we did have a lot of gripes. I'm like at the end of the show, I'm like I would rather kind of watch this one than Sweet Home. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like I, I do agree with Andy. I think Crash Course, I would probably want to push it up. Um, but I can also like I actually really like the last three episodes of Kyung Sung. Like yeah. I actually think the ending was actually really good. Like, it took me I was a long surprised. time, but I was finally into it for some reason. <laughs> also, for this past week, too, when I was watching My Demon versus this show, I was like, I would rather watch these past three episodes than the last two episodes of My Demon. So for me, and I was like, wow, this really brought up Young Sun Creature a lot mm. because of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, for now, guys, let's leave Kyung Sun Creature uh, where it is. 
right? Number 19. Sounds good. All right. So next week, I am so excited. We're going to be announcing the winners of the categories for the Plochus Choice Awards. We're going to announce the Plochus Top 5 reveal. We're going to do our 2023 list re-ranking finally. And Andy, I'm so sorry, but um, we're going to set a rule where you cannot touch See You in My 19th Life for the re-ranking. <laughs> 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 and then lastly we're gonna finalize uh the review for my demon and we'll also rank that as our final 2023 drama wait, wait i have a question if i can't touch see you my 19th life but i can touch 10 dramas below <laughs> see my 19th life and bring it up <laughs> andy scheming brandon <laughs> would you actually want it last it was that bad andy oh man uh, I, I really didn't like that show. <laughs> it's enough. okay. If hey, if Kyung Sun's eighteen and not twenty-five, then you know we all have yeah, to give yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, socials, Jenny. All right, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, a bunch of playlists. Um, please check everything out so that you guys can vote for the Plus's Choice Awards. It's all gonna be on our socials, so follow us so that you can get those updates. Um, and then if you want to support us, please donate to our Patreon or our Ko-Fi Patreon. We have our extra Patreon episode this month, which is going to be the movie love reset um and finally if you want to support us even more please leave us a review and rating on apple Podcasts and spotify andy please sign us out this is the poacher playlist and we're out